Tom just set me up. He set me up to record a podcast by myself. Hey, what's going on? I'm Deanna Cruz. And yes, this is the Deanna Cruz Unfiltered Podcast. And I've never once recorded a podcast by myself, meaning no Cindy, no Jeffster, no Tech Tom. And I had this idea that I should just come in here and record a podcast about stuff that's been on my mind and uh, probably help you guys out with one thing that's helped change my life and change my mindset. So this all started off, I wrote a blog about five books that have helped change my mindset. And then I thought to myself, why not record a podcast about it? Hold on, let me take my jacket. Yeah, I still have my jacket on because it's kind of cold down here in our little studio. Uh, <laughs> so I wrote this blog, which will be, uh, which is posted up right now. You guys can, can read about it. It's up at DeannaCruz.com. And it talks about these five books that I read that really helps change my mindset. In other words, helped change my thinking, helped me become more positive and just kind of go after what I really, really want. Right. And I've been seeing this a lot in my Instagram feed and Facebook feed. Um, I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins. Um, and I thought to myself, you know what? These were five books that were actually suggested by some of my friends, some of my closest friends. So why not share it with my podcast listeners? Because they may be going through some of the same things I've been going through. So um, let's start at the beginning <laughs> and when this whole journey kind of started, all right? So about two and a half years ago, now if you remember, I moved out to Seattle almost five years ago, I was let go from my radio job. And if you know, or if you don't know, um, radio has been a, been a huge part of my life. Like career has always been number one for me and it's been what I've absolutely love. I've put career always in front of relationships. And a matter of fact, when I was offered the job in Seattle, I was in a relationship and never once did I think, hmm, maybe I should stay in Providence and continue this relationship with this guy I was dating. In my mind, I was like, this is what you've been working for. And I moved from Providence to Seattle because Seattle is a bigger market. And I thought to myself, this is going to be the next step in your career. And never once in my mind did I think, hmm, career will fail you. Career, in my mind, was always going to be there for me. Because as a little girl, I always had my mom say to me, you know, if you work really, really hard, you'll be able to accomplish whatever you want. And it was true. You know, I was the first in my family to ever go to college, to go to a, you know, university, to move out from Connecticut, <laughs> uh, to go to school in Boston. And, uh, and I just kept really pushing myself and I didn't like the feeling of being inadequate or, or feeling like I couldn't do something. So if you told me I couldn't do it, then there was a big chance that I would try my hardest to do my best and get there. And even though, I, I mean, I didn't come from a wealthy family. Um, my parents grew up in Portugal and then they immigrated here. And even though my family didn't have the money to put me through school, I always had that voice. I always had my mom. I always had that cheerleader behind me and said, well, if you work really hard, you know, you can probably get scholarships and you can, you know, you can do that. You can go to school. That's not going to be what keeps you back. And so that's exactly what I did, you know? And I, I won't say that I'm like the smartest person out there 
school was a challenge. I remember like chemistry was one of the hardest subjects and I just didn't even understand geometry. And I came in for tutoring. Like, you know, some people, it's just very natural to them. They'll, they know these things and even have to study for a test. I would take two or three days and study for this exam because I knew I needed that time and I didn't want to be rushed and things didn't come natural to me. Things to me, like I had to work really hard for them. So it's the same thing for CrossFit, right? Like when I first stepped into class and I did CrossFit for the first time, it was really hard. And all these techniques and all these words, wad, a clean, jerk, all these things I've never done in my life. So, uh, it, you know, it was something that I had to learn. I, I enjoyed the challenge, scared me, terrified me, but I still went after it. I still did it. And that's the same thing for education in school. Like I, I, I find that I'm one of those people that just are never satisfied. Like I want more. I say to myself, well, you did this. Now what? What else can you do? Right? I always push myself. And um, with school uh, and, and picking a college and a university, like I said, no one in my family ever went to one. I didn't even know how to like look <laughs> for a school. And I and I remember applying for uh, schools in Connecticut and I had this um, this counselor Actually, one of my teachers, Mr. Michaels, who said to me, you know, apply for schools in Boston. Boston's awesome. And I had been to Boston a couple of times and absolutely loved the city. So I applied for schools in Boston and I ended up getting into uh, Boston College and Boston University. And I ended up touring and going to an open house with my cousin, um, you know, and I fell in love with BU. Like I really loved Boston University. So I ended up going there. Long story short, I ended up getting scholarships. Um, yes, I took out some loans, but I ended up going to a four-year college, graduating from BU with a, a bachelor's in communication. And even when I graduated, I still didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I know um, I had thought about being um, uh, a journalist and a reporter, but it wasn't what I loved and enjoyed. You know, I worked a little bit behind the desk and behind the scenes at Channel 7 in Boston. And um, I remember not really loving it, not loving how pe they were so competitive and how you really couldn't be yourself. And then I remember stepping into an open house at Connecticut School of Broadcasting, and it really had to do with radio and loving just the energy in there. And I've always grown up with music in my life. I have, I went to a perform, performing arts academy and I've always loved music. And I always gravitated towards people who also loved music or who were performers. And I told myself, no, music needs to be part of my life. And that's when I realized after my first internship at GMA 94.5 for Romero and Pebbles, did I realize I really wanted to do mornings in radio. So that's kind of where my whole journey started with radio was this internship. Um, I worked at a software reseller for years until and tried to get into radio until, you know, it took me a couple years, but then I got a part-time job in Albany, New York, and I would drive up to Albany on the weekends. I lived in Boston. I took that three-hour drive up to Albany and, and actually like, you know, uh, did a shift 
for four hours, five hours. And I would spend the night at my friend Sarah's house and, or drive down to Connecticut and stay at my parents' house. And I would go up and I remember thinking to myself, you, you aren't even making money off of this. Like you're actually paying yourself to, to drive up to Albany just for the experience. And I did it. And I did it for about six months until, uh, another opportunity opened up in, um, Massachusetts at Fun 107 in Fairhaven, Mass. And, and that's where I really kind of honed in on my skills because it was closer. So I was able to do uh, more shifts there. And I really kind of concentrated on the uh, art of being on air. And finally, something part-time opened up at Hot 106, which was where I spent most of my radio career in Providence and spent like a good eight years there. Um, I started as part-time, then middays, then afternoons, and then full-time, obviously, in mornings. So yes, I've, I do miss it. I miss Providence a lot because a lot of my friends are still there. But, um, you know, I, I still love, have a passion for radio and I still love it. Um, but when a couple years ago, when I did get let go from the station here in Seattle, I thought to myself, now what? And I, I think I, I think I, I, I worried myself and I was like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I still have some of those thoughts today, but I also realized that I had to change the, my mindset and I had to change the, the energy that I had. Um, so I felt like life had really thrown me a curveball and that nothing was really going my way. And this was about two years ago. So, um, I remember picking up the phone and calling my friend Alicia, who actually came out a couple years or a couple years ago. She did come out here a couple years ago, but she was just here to record a podcast with me, um, about opening her own salon, hair salon. And yeah, she's one of my best friends. She came out here to visit me. Um, but in this phone call, she was like, what's going on? You know, and you know, I had a powwow with her and I told her, you know, how I felt and, uh, and the anxiety that I had and how I felt kind of like powerless, you know, and she kept telling me, you can't think like that. You can't think like that. A matter of fact, you need to go, you need to read this book. You need to go buy this book. And I was like, why, what, what are you talking about? And she's like, it's called the secret. And it's by, uh, I looked it up. It's by Rhonda Byrne. You can get it obviously on Amazon, but I think that's how you say her last name. Anyhow, uh, she's like, read this book and then also buy the book. It has like a, another book that you can do the exercises for it. But the secret is an actual self-help book regarding the power of positive thinking. Um, it suggests the idea of law of attraction, right? So, um, which means if you emit positive energy, it will come back to you. Positive things will start happening to you. Okay. So, um, so if you think about money and wealth, it will attract these things, right? So causing them to manifest in your life. And Alicia kept saying, you know, these things have happened to me. I've been in the same position as you, but I had to stay focused. I had to stay positive. And I kept saying to myself, I'm going to own my own salon. And yes, it's going to be rough in the beginning, but I'm just going to keep pushing. And I, I'm just going to remain positive. And so I read this, the book and, um, in the book, it says your life right now is a reflection of your past thoughts. So if you currently, right, if you think, Ugh, my love, my life sucks. Da, da, da. You're, that's how your life is going to be right now. But if you think, no, my life is great. Look at all these opportunities I have. Look at all these job opportunities that are coming to me, you know, and you're positive about it. More and more will come. So I suggest in this journey, and 
in this blog post, I suggested five books that you should pick up. But you should definitely start with The Secret. And I'll admit that at first when you read it, <laughs> you're going to be like, what? what are they talking about? You know, um, and you're, you'll probably be somewhat optimistic, but keep an open mind. All right. Because it's really, it's really what you put out there. And in this book, in, in the secret, like I said, there's a, a portion of it that you should do. Like it's basically right, write Five things that you're thankful for. And, um, you know, they'll have like another insert that'll be like, write a check to yourself. This, this money will come to you in some form. And it did. I remember writing a check and it was like, uh, I forget for how much it wasn't for billions of dollars or thousands. Um, but it was like, then a friend of mine was like, you know what? Come fly back home. I'll pick up the trip. And they bought the trip, right? For me to fly out there. So it was like, here I am stressing about money and it'll still come to you, but it'll come to you in different forms in ways that you didn't really imagine or through a gift or, uh, or someone will pick up your, you know, your rent or whatever it is. And so that's the law of attraction. So start with the book, The Secret. Like I said, um, there is a second book, uh, which has all the other exercises that you should be doing on a daily basis. And I want to say it's for like 30 days, but it will help start, you'll start changing your mindset and you'll start think, thinking differently. And you'll say, you know, you'll think, wow, my, Life sucks right now, but hey, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful for all the friends I have. I'm thankful for my, my cats. I'm thankful for my mom and dad. I'm thankful for, you know, for CrossFit. I'm thankful that I can move my body in that way. You know, be thankful for these things. Second book. Okay. Cause I, I read the first book. Then I turned to one of my radio mentors and he suggested that I pick up the book, The Power of Now. Um, yep more reading. And if, if you know me, I'm not a big fan of reading. I read, uh, for self-help books. I read, uh, things that are like in the industry are like short and concise and to the point. And these books are not. So I'm <laughs> just letting you know. Uh, so the power of now is a spiritual self-help guide. It helps you discover the true being of you. Okay. Um, how to release your pain and find deep inner peace. Um, when we're intensely present in the now and what's going on right now, we respond with deep consciousness um, and flow with ease and joy. And we're happy because we're focused in now. If we're focused in the future, that's just going to give you anxiety. If you're focused in the past, that's just going to get you depressed. So that's why this book really helps you hone in on what's going on right now because you have no control about what's going to happen in the future. And what's done is done. What's in the past is past. So why not live in the now? And I know what you're thinking. This sounds a little like outlandish, a little crazy. Like, all right, I'm going to do these self-help books and then what, right? But bear with me, okay? Go into this with an open heart and an open mind. But most importantly, just keep working on yourself, all right? Because you're going to find that things will change. And the way you view things will change, okay? Um, next up, Daring Greatly. This was also brought to my attention by one of my friends who suggested, hey, this is one book. You should read this book and this book. And Daring Greatly is by Brene Brown. She talks about being vulnerable and having the courage to open up. All right. And this is especially true in relationships. So think about it. Most of us grew up Maybe not most of us, but I know I definitely grew up in a household where I love you wasn't thrown around 
on a daily basis. Okay. We didn't really talk about our feelings. Yeah. When we were angry, we were angry, but we didn't really talk about why we were angry or what got us to that point. Right. So we were taught to kind of like just suck it up and have a tough exterior. And if you know me, (laughs) that pretty much sums me up. (laughs) Okay. Kind of like the outside, but very soft and sweet on the inside. And I'll have to say, yeah, there are multiple layers. Um, and, and every day, you know, I learn to be more and more vulnerable by showing your real self, by being true to yourself. Right. So, um, this book, Daring Greatly, uh, let me tell you a little bit more about it. Um, it's a book about having the courage to be vulnerable in a world where everyone wants to appear strong and confident, like they know what they're doing, but in reality, they don't. And Brene Brown is awesome. She has a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of podcasts and talks. Matter of fact, she, one of her well-known, and this is probably why she wrote this book, uh, she has a TED talk about vulnerability and just, Download it and listen to it. And you'll be like, wow, that totally makes sense. Now, if you don't want to buy the book, she does have a Netflix special, um, Brene Brown, The Call to Courage. And I will say and admit that I've probably watched it two or three times because it just kind of resonates with me. And then I think to myself, wow, this is, this is true. So not only is vulnerability important in relationships, but it's also like even on the job force, right? Being able to be your true self. And, and, you know, and open up. Um, there's also, and she also explains why, you know, there's reasons we inter, we misinterpret things or, you know, she talks about a couple instances with her husband and his certain reaction with things. Um, and I, I think one of them on the Netflix one, she's talking about being in a bathing suit and she thought her husband wasn't like into her. And then it was really because he was just concentrating on swimming and getting to the other side and it had nothing to do with her. But sometimes we misinterpret these signals, right? We take things kind of like, you know, and we're like, oh my God, is it mean? Does he just not care about me anymore? But it has nothing to do with you, right? So uh, Daring Greatly, I tell you, if you watch the Netflix special, Brene Brown, The Call to Courage, you're going to watch it and I'm sure... You're going to want to buy the book afterwards. And she's got a ton of books. Darren Greatly was one of my favorite ones that she has written. So again, it's about vulnerability and opening up. Like I said, I wanted to record this podcast uh, because I want to talk about my experiences and how my experiences have been after reading these books and how it's changed my ma- mindset and my perspective on things. And I have friends a lot of times that you know, they'll talk to me about their relationship or kind of like what's going on. And and I'm actually surprised by some of the things that come out of my mouth because I say, really, did I just say that? This These self-help books are really helping out. And a lot of times it's like I say, say to myself, I need to give this advice to me because another thing that was brought up in, in these self-help books and by one of my mentors was watch the voice that you use right? So if you're always very hard on yourself and you're always like speaking down at yourself, uh, nothing's going to come from that, right? So why not talk to yourself as if you are talking to that friend that needs that pick me up? You can do this, you know, don't let the, the, the other voices in your head kind of get in there and bring you down because you can, because you have the power to do it. And it is, it is all in your mind. You can do it. All right. Um, I know you're sitting on the edge of your seat wondering what are the last two books that I'm going to suggest here. Okay. Um, and these last two books help with building your backbone 
and getting that, like honing in on your passion, on your, on your love and what drives you, you know, never losing sight of what you want and what you can achieve. And sometimes you need to just get it laid out, simple, straight to the point. Like I said, I'm very fond of that. Um, I love this book. It's called You Are a Badass. It's, I'm sure you've seen it in the stores. It's a yellow cover. They sell it at Target. Um, the author is very straightforward. She's to the point and no BS. So understanding what makes you tick is critical. This is what will lead you to great accomplishments. And one reason I did love the book because uh, You Are a Badass is a book of those ready to make big changes in their lives, all right? From confronting your fears to actually taking risks to making money and to finding love, all right? She teaches how to become your own personal cheerleader and to kick butt while you're doing it. So I loved, I believe she's from New York, the author is, and I just loved the tone of the book because it very much like me. <laughs> like she swears in it and she's, like I said, she's very direct to the point, uh, short and concise. She'll give you a few examples and it just resonated with me. So you are the badass, you are a badass is definitely on one of those books that you should pick up. Okay. And finally, this book, um, helped me too. Uh, it is called no matter what. Um, it's by Lisa Nichols. She's been a guest on Oprah several times. As a matter of fact, I, I stumbled upon one of her interviews with Oprah and I'm like, who is this lady? And then realized she had this book. Okay. Um, her book talks about her journey, her ups and downs in life and what led her to the past she is on now. All right. Um, she didn't have an easy life. A matter of fact, um, she talks about her struggles to thoughts of suicide. Um, she spent some time in jail to becoming a single mother to knowing what she wanted to do with her life and then her own struggle to get there. So I think part of the journey is kind of realizing what you want. And the other part of the journey, the actual struggle is getting there. And she does an awesome job. Lisa does an awesome job talking about it. And her voice just kind of like, like I said, resonated with me. All right. So no matter what from Lisa, I learned that a winner never quits and a quitter never wins. And that was one line that I just kind of kept everywhere. And from these books, you also kind of like learn these other tricks, you know, keep you in the positive, in a positive mindset, like writing these little sayings on sticky notes and kind of just placing them around your house. So like, yeah, you better believe I have a winner never quits and a quitter never wins <laughs> written on a sticky note up on a mirror somewhere. And there's a couple other spots I have them and then eventually they start falling off because they're on sticky notes, right? Um, but she actually suggested that, Lisa did. Um, and it, it was a great suggestion because sometimes you are going through a rough patch and you kind of just, you know, see this note and you're like, wait a minute. No, um, things could be a hundred times worse. Right. And I think with me, a lot of times I get frustrated because things aren't happening on my timeline. Things aren't happening right now. And I'm like, well, why, why didn't, why didn't that happen now? And then I think that sometimes you see that things are happening for other people a lot faster than they do for you. And you're like, well, why did that person get that job? And I'm still looking for my dream job. Why did that person get engaged? Although I don't really have those feelings about that. <laughs> I'm just saying like, you know, and you start competing with the world and competing with these other people when at the end of the day, you're only in competition with yourself, right? 
And it's like, I had someone say to me the other day, like, uh, yeah, you're so competitive. Are you just mad? Cause you're not, you weren't, you know, you weren't the first today at CrossFit. And I'm like, no, I honestly don't care if I come in first or not. I honestly log my score and really don't go into the app again to check to see how everyone else did. But then I feel like, you know, people are CrossFit like, oh, well, you don't give anyone any more any love on the app. And it's like, well, because A, I'm busy and B, okay, maybe I should log in there and give someone a fist pump on there. And I do. Um, but then my goal isn't to be number one on that list. My goal is to just be better than I was yesterday. And, um, I was telling this person about, you know, we did grace again, which is one of, uh, CrossFit's, um, benchmarks and with CrossFit, I love it because it, you can measure how you're doing, right? So if two years ago you did this workout and you performed it in this time and two years later you did the same workout and you performed, I don't know, 45 seconds better then yeah, you've improved, you've gotten stronger. And that's why I like it because it's measurable. You can measure it and you can see the effects. So I'm telling this person, oh my God, I knocked off like 41 seconds off my time. Isn't that awesome? And they're like, oh, you're just mad because you were a number. I said, no, no, I wasn't trying to beat the person that came in two minutes and 36 seconds. That wasn't my goal. My goal was for me to beat my previous time. And if my previous time was three, I thought it was like 317. And I'm like, you know, so my goal was to be under 317 when in fact my time was 345 and I came in at 304. Like I was just excited that I was able to knock over 40 seconds off of my time. So am I competitive? Yes, I'm competitive with myself because I, and maybe that's me being too harsh and me just wanting more and me just always wanting to do better because I set that standard for myself because I know I can do better, you know? Um, and being where I'm at right now, as far as, um, not working full-time in radio, and it, it is frustrating because it is my passion and it is what I love, right? Um, but also doing what I'm doing and working for uh, this family and it's allowed me, this is me now looking at the positive side of things. It's allowed me to free up my time. It's allowed me to start this podcast, right? It gives me time to record. It allows me to meet other people um, and, and it gives me a little bit more freedom, right? Does it mean that this is, that's it, that I'm just, I want to do that for the rest of my life? No, but it's also allowed me to try other things and to see what else is there out there that I really love to do, right? And I, I still love connecting with people and I still have a passion, you know, for radio and I still have a passion for uh, music, like that will never stop. Like I still, I'll still go in and be like, Oh, what's the new music? What is this one about? You know? And, and I love that because I, I just like change and I like hearing different things and that's just how I am. So, um, maybe you're going through a funk. Maybe you have just recently been laid off as well. I know iHeart had a major, uh, let go over a thousand people that they let go some people were on air personalities, other people were, you know, um, uh, doing behind the scene things, production, um, operation managers, uh, and program directors. Um, for people that work on air, I think it's re it's really hard because it's, it's your identity, right? So when you're, when you're let go, you think to yourself, is that it? You know, radio is getting so much smaller and smaller and it's like, 
Well, what else can I offer? And just remember that you're more than just a job. You're more than that person behind the mic, right? You have a lot more to offer than you think. All right. So that's why I'm saying maybe take some time and work on yourself and you'll discover things you didn't know. So you could always start with the five books that I suggested. And like I said, it's up on my website. You could read the blog post about it as well. DeannaCruz.com. And the five books are The Secret, The Power of Now, Daring Greatly, You Are a Badass, and No Matter What. And if my mentor listens to this podcast, <laughs> all I could say is thank you for always pushing me. He is somebody that I truly do appreciate and I'm glad to have in my life because he really is someone that pushes, pushes me and asks the questions and says, is, but is it true D? Are you sure about that? And you know, and when you force yourself to really think about it, you're like, well, am I just making this up or what are the facts here? And how am I interpreting things? And maybe I'm misinterpreting that person's actions, right? And that's why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. So thank you so much. And I, yes, I'll say his name, BJ. So thank you so much for being an awesome mentor. He's somebody who I will text randomly. I may not talk to him for like two months and be like, Hey, let's grab coffee. And the answer is always yes. He's busy. It may not be like that same week. It may be in two weeks or three, but he'll always make time to meet up with me. And you know, we'll, we'll just talk, talk about what's going on, you know? Um, but he's really helped me in, in, in being positive and remaining positive. And there was one book that he had suggested <laughs> for me to read and I couldn't finish it. And I wish I had brought the title because it's, it's a book that he really loves and enjoys. Um, I'll post it up on my blog if I remember the name of it. But uh, he's <laughs> it, it forces you to kind of like reevaluate situations, right? So um, until this day, I tell him, like, I can't stand that book. But it's because it makes you think and it makes you do the work. And I, and I just am like, ah, I can't do it. Uh, anyhow, speaking of books, <laughs> right in front of me though, my next book, self-help book that I, that I bought is called The Magic of Believing, The Classic Guide to Unlocking the Power of Your Mind. So, hey, just remember that, uh, working on changing your mindset and working on you is constant, right? So even though I gave you these five books, there's probably going to be five more I can add to, uh, onto the list at the end of the year. And although, like I said, I'm not a big reader, um, I constantly try to work on myself. Um, and I think I've, I've realized a lot about myself and have opened up tremendously in the past two years that before I wouldn't have, and I didn't. And I'm happy that I'm at, at this place right now because I, I do feel a little bit more whole. Um, and at peace with myself. So, uh, the magic of believing, I'll let you know how that book is. <laughs> but like I said, for the five books that changed my mindset, check it out on my website. It's just, uh, www. Did I put an extra W in there? I probably did. Well, it's DeannaCruz.com. Hey, thanks for listening. All right. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the Deanna Cruz Unfiltered Podcast. Don't forget to leave a review and a five-star rating. Every review helps more people discover the show. Follow me and check out all the other members of the DCU crew on my Instagram and Twitter. It's just at Deanna Cruz.